bottom. <laughs> I know I do. At the bottom of hell. Uh, Holy fuck. Jesus Christ. What the hell is that? You still alive? I think it was a cockroach. We got a man down? Oh, it scared me. I think it was a cockroach. Oh, it is a cockroach. I see it. Nice. That motherfucker. What's up, everybody? Welcome to an all-star edition of the Big One Podcast. We've got an all-star crew lined up for you today, but before we get to who's on the pod, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at PodcastBigOne. You can email us, PodcastBigOne at gmail.com. This is a motorsports podcast talking mostly NASCAR, Formula One, Formula E, IndyCar, local tracks. We talk it all. As mentioned at the top, we got an all-star crew. This is Baby G bringing you in. Hey, what's up? It's new guy, and I uh, I like the delayed intro. I gotta say, yeah, that's like the exact opposite of our intro last week, where we just kind of had all of our names said in the first like five seconds. But this yeah. is B Boy, as per always. The lore builds. Love it. <laughs> B Boy, I heard you got a sponsor for us this week. It's been a dry spell, so we 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 got to pick it up. Who we got? Ye- yeah, they're they uh you know, it's the first time I found it in probably like a little over a year. I forgot it existed. But go out to your local Walmart, it's a Walmart exclusive, and get you some little Debbie ice creams. They only come in the little pint size, but honestly, if you're eating more ice cream than that, you're a fat piece of shit. So go get some little Debbie ice creams. Uh I I'm particular to a Swiss roll one. That's a good one. Uh, I really like wow. the zebra cakes one. Zebra cakes, very underrated little Debbie snack. Throw them in the freezer. So fucking good. And then lastly, my very absolute favorite, the oatmeal raisin cream pie ice cream. Superb. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'm uh, about to leave the podcast right now to head out to my local store and give me some little Debbie ice cream. That's really good. It's really good. We can get some in Charlotte. Because guess what, guys? It's Charlotte Race Week, which I know we're not at that stage of our podcast yet, but it's really it's really exciting. I'm going to see you. Pretty y'all. exciting, yeah. Yeah, two days. We're going to be back in person. What a treat. Oh, beautiful. Um, well, let's jump into some race recaps, eh? Uh, first off, we were in North Wilkesboro, and everything is about North Wilkesboro this week. Uh, I didn't actually get to watch any of the cars' late model stock races. Um, uh, there were, what, two late pro late model stock races, and then one one was something else. It wasn't the cars tour, so there were three races, and the, the races got rained out on Tuesday, and all happened on Wednesday. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah, I only saw yeah. the one car's late model stock, the one that Dale Jr. was driving in, so I can jump mm. right in here with a little bit of recap. Unfortunately, the stream quality was not the greatest, but hey, that's when you get when you're watching these things on Twitch and you got some guy <laughs> in the middle of nowhere streaming it from a laptop or something, but hey, man, you're seeing cars drive around the track. So this was a pretty cool race. We had a lot of cup drivers in this one, so I caught like the last 30 laps or so. I honestly couldn't find a stream of it until the very end. So... With about 17 to go, there were six cup drivers, and they were all jammed up in the 12 to 17 spot. So you had Chastain, Suarez, Kozlowski, all kind of trading some paint with each other, battling. Nothing too crazy. They were running clean. So that was interesting to see that 
all these cup drivers that were racing this cars race, they just couldn't get up there to the top of the field. And that really shows a lot for the talent and quality of these drivers in this car store. So one of the things I noticed was the 77 Connor Hall. He got caught in the back with a little bit of a slow pit stop and he had this car that was just an absolute rocket ship. It was like every lap he was making a pass on somebody. So that was really fun to see in the late stages of the race on this one. That's kind of where all the action was. This is one of my favorite nicknames ever. Brandon Butterbean Queen is mm. your winner at North Wilkesboro, and he was out 4.7 seconds at the end of this race. So he had a super strong car, took the checkered flag, and brought home the win for his team. Love Do you it. want your nickname to become Butterpig? Ooh, isn't that nice? I we'll see about that. Okay, okay, we'll work it in. We'll work it in. Um, yeah, one thing I I want to call out here. I, I think it is a good call out that like the cup guys couldn't just come in and dominate, right? Like it it is really difficult. The other thing that happens specifically in these like non top three NASCAR divisions is like a lot of times the teams that put together the cars for them to race in. Um, they're not cars that they have week to week, not always. And so sometimes that car is just not set up the right way. It's not a team that's that's always going to be there. Hell, I'm sure the Cup guys had a lot of their crew members and stuff helping out to be part of that event. Um, and so, you know, it's not – I like to say stock car racing is 50% driver, 50% car. The car is the underperforming thing in this regard. I don't think it's the drivers necessarily. But then again, you get people like Josh Berry that race in these types of divisions, and then they come up to Cup and they beat a lot of guys that are very established. I mean, sometimes it's the other way around too. So, Yeah, I'd imagine that, well, you know, it'd be uh, interesting to know how often these types of cars change and how familiar the different drivers are. Like if Josh Berry has been racing in this series – more recently, or cars similar to this more recently, I can understand why he would do better. Mm. Or these old guys are just getting old, uh, and they're getting carried by nice cars in the Cup Series. I don't know. Either way, uh, I did listen to the uh, I listened to the Dale Junior podcast, How and it was very, very. I know I hate to advertise another <laughs> podcast, but it's worth listening to uh, his his recounting of being in this race. It's very cool to hear the level of passion that he has for being in the race and recounting uh, what went on in the race and the path to him finishing, like, 16th overall. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dale didn't do too great, but he talked to a bunch of the Cup guys and said that uh, everyone there had a very good time, and it sounded like a good event. So when when did the big wreck happen? Because it was a big wreck that took out a bunch of the... Not just cup guys, but guys that are in the NASCAR top three series. I didn't see it, so it must have been before I picked up the stream. So it must have been okay. a little bit earlier in the race. I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, on, on Dale's podcast, he said that it was before uh, Baby G tuned in. So Yeah, I perfect. Think yeah. It was right yeah, behind we were, we, were, we were texting a little bit yeah, during the week, yeah. and he, he made sure to <laughs> squeeze that in. Fun, fun race, though. I was glad I caught the end of it. Speaking of tweeting, I know we're not at the cup race yet, but I just want to get this out there just to ask if y'all saw this. Did y'all see that Kyle Bush's Twitter account tweeted mid-race this week? No. No? Yeah, he tweeted something about, like, uh, someone was like, Kyle Bush is really him, and he was like, yeah, I am, or, you know, whoever ran, runs his Twitter account. And then everyone commented back immediately, like, hey, maybe work on running better, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. Mm. You know, uh, what I would like to say right now and what I would have tweeted then is 
it's that's not safe for you to be tweeting right now. Oh, that's been new guy with the wet blanket. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> all right, let's jump into All Star Weekend stuff. All All Star Weekend stuff, starting with Friday night's pit crew challenge. Who got to watch? I listened to the first half on MRN and I watched the second half on TV. So I saw half of it, and what I listened to and what I saw sounded pretty darn cool. Yeah, I, I watched a good bit of it. Um, I ended up having to tune in right at the very end. I forget what I was doing and why I got distracted, but I basically was watching it. And not to say that it wasn't interesting. I just had other things going on. Um, but I did get to – in fact, I, I know exactly what I was doing on Friday night, and it wasn't great um, watching a certain NBA team lose. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely tuned in, and I thought the format was better than any of the pit crew challenges they've had in the past. I thought it was I thought it was actually kind of cool. It was extremely efficient. The only little hiccup was when Bubba Wallace's crew, apparently they had the wrong tires lined up. I want to say yep. you could – choose to go with either scuffs or stickers and they had i don't remember which it was but whatever set they had they didn't want on the car so there's a little bit of delay for bubba's pit stop but other than that this thing just cruised right along they had the two stall set up so you kind of shot a car in they did the change shot him out that guy goes over to inspection minute or so later another guy getting right in that other box and it just kind of clicked along at a nice clean pace other than their you know scheduled commercial breaks which you got to do on tv for sure. And I and I also thought it was interesting because, like, I don't remember them ever having these rules around the competition, but it makes total sense. But they had put the tires on at 600 pounds of pressure, and then once you took them off and obviously put on new tires, they were what they were inspecting was that the tires were put on with at least 300 pounds of pressure, which is probably more than you actually need um, and probably more than they give you on a Sunday when they're putting those tires on. But it was, you know finish the stop don't try and shortcut it kind of thing which ended up disqualifying quite a few drivers uh just on that that metric alone which was interesting but uh all in all yeah ty gibbs ty gibbs crew gets it done wins a hundred thousand dollars which i think is a very uh menial prize i mean we're we've talked about the million and how that needs to be higher i think they could probably get a little bit more for this pickery challenge since it's the only thing that they can directly win all year um but uh chris busher's crew wins for the already qualified all-star teams and so he gets to start up front in the heat races which happened on saturday which i guess we'll get to right after we talk about truck new guy you want to break down truck for us uh yeah why not uh so we've got stage one winner Corey heim stage two winner kyle larson and B-Boy, you'll ha- be uh, happy to hear about this. Race winner, mm. Kyle Larson. No shit, really. Yeah. Um, you know, hard to believe, but here he is. Uh, how do you feel about Zane Smith failing inspection? Yeah, uh, four times uh, is what someone has Pretty written right. down here. I thought it was only three, but I, I, I always forget if they get, make you go through until you pass or how it fucking works but yeah no practice or qualifying and if you fail three times they also disqualify your is it your car chief or your crew chief i forget they suspend people basically at that point so um yeah he uh needed to get some shit together eventually though you do get to race and which has always been my question and i've never seen a good answer or nobody's answered this fully you still get to race and then like what happens if you fail post-race inspection why were you even out there you know 
Um, I, I've never understood that part, but it's one of those weird things too, where, okay, this guy failed inspection three or four times. He starts at the rear. What if you get like an early caution and then boom, he just gets like someone that could be a lap down, doesn't get the wave around or something weird could yep. happen too. It just seems so odd that you can fail this many times and they're like, yeah, whatever, just get out there and let her rip. See what happens. Yeah. He can yeah. modify the race essentially. Right. Um, with I an feel like car. So yeah, you should have to pass at some point. Yeah. Call me crazy. I, I assume he eventually did pass. Uh, again, I thought it was like three, and then you were like done. But I've never had, I've never heard of someone just getting like turned away at the door, kind of thing. They let you race, right? And it is Zane Smith. He's a big, big name in the sport. So, yeah. Um, well, some other notes that uh, someone wrote jotted down here. Thank you for these notes. Uh, Haley Deegan was sideways with thirteen to go in, in stage one, saves her teammate Ben Rhodes from going a lap down. That's pretty sweet. Don't nice. don't think she did it on purpose. <laughs> Commentators were like, "Oh boy, Deegan sideways," and oh, just like that, Ben Rhodes is not going to go one lap down. So they were <laughs> kind of alluding to maybe it was a team order, or a little bit I of a. I doubt it. I doubt uh, it. Yeah, it's probably just you know inexperience, but it was funny to hear the commentators say that, especially given how many wrecks there were in this race, and especially how many wrecks were like people just overshooting corners and stuff, and and eventually Deegan did, didn't she? She, like, ran really hard into a corner and wiped someone out later on in the race. So I feel like she probably just overcooked the corner, and I doubt it was a team orders kind of thing. But whatever. For sure. One of the things I saw in this race was Crafton. All of a sudden, he's just driving super low on that line. I think they said they had, like, some new concrete laid down on the inside or something where these guys were just – all of a sudden, he just went so low and cut the corner, and he was making pretty good times, and it was a couple laps later, and just about everyone was a copycat strategy on that one. So that was cool to see that somebody tried something, and it started working for a little bit. Yeah, we were uh, we talked about it a little bit last week in last week's podcast, so go back and listen to it. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the drivers were looking for grip anywhere. This is just an old surface. There's just not much abrasiveness to the track itself. And so, therefore, the tires just don't grip. They don't stick to anything. Versus brand new asphalt, which they put down in the cracks and they filled the cracks and stuff with. Those little black patches and everything. It was like your car and your tires finally hitting a sticky pad, right? Like, it allowed it to turn. The concrete did something similar. Concrete's not the best, but it was better than the old, old surface uh, entirely. And it was actually a very abrasive surface. And, yeah, Crafton was getting down there. Sure, he was wearing his tires quite a bit to be down there. But it turned the car, you know, um, and we ended up seeing uh, Kyle Larson take advantage of that win this race and do uh, a lot of guys in the cup race did the same thing. So last thing for me on this one was there was a pretty nasty wreck. Um, Josh Williams, he got really close to just when you go into the pit road, there's kind of that area where you've got the concrete wall and then there's there's the barrels usually filled with sand or water or something to really slow somebody down if they do get sideways or or get close to hitting that concrete he was like a foot from his front half of the car just of the truck just drilling that barrel and in that wall there so that could have been a really nasty wreck it was caused by uh gray going four wide so that was interesting that on a track that's this narrow that you've got someone in a truck going four wide and almost caused a really scary wreck there so pretty uh lucky for josh williams they didn't get knew a more nasty wreck there yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Larson, his third truck win, I think, in 15 starts. Uh, oh. Remember, he wasn't supposed to drive this. This was Alex Bowman's ride. For oh, yeah. So, 
Man, that's got to feel good to come in as a sub and uh, and snatch it. Kyle Larson has been on fire, man. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, Josh Berry, bet you can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Larson has just been on fire, man. He's, uh, he's killing it lately. Yeah. We're obviously going to be talking about the cup race here in a second, and spoiler alert, uh, he, he sweeps the weekend. Um, wow. Think about it this way. He could have swept last weekend too he won the xfinity yeah. race at darlington and then almost won the cup race if not for ross chastain i mean he almost swept two consecutive weekends he's just killing it so it's on fire man he's on fire yeah. um i would not be ex- uh surprised at all to see him win a race this weekend wouldn't that be a treat well, well, what if three- he got 500 and 600 1100 miles of winning uh anyway we had the cup heats on saturday night <laughs> They were on rain tires, and that's pretty cool. You know, they've been uh, teasing us, tickling us with these rain tires, and finally, they break them out. All right, well, I I, I got to throw this out there before you go go too far. Thank you. Not rain tires. Wet weather tires. Just because the commentators kept correcting that, because I think they're tired of fans being like, oh, you can't race in the rain? And it's like, no, that's not what they're for. Wet weather tires. They, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. but they did go to a nearby lake and uh, move the race to driving on water. Is this correct? Yes, they did. Yep, yep. They said some prayers beforehand, an invocation, very Jesus-like. Yep. Um, And uh, just like Jesus did, Suarez won qualifying heat one, uh, all on wet weather tires, and then Chris Buescher won qualifying heat two, half of it. On rain, uh, wet weather tires. Yep, yep. Nailed it. Well done. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I thought it was funny how many of the drivers and the announcers were surprised that the wet weather tires handled better than the slicks. I'm like, no fucking duh. Yeah. It's it's like going to the soft compound in, 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 in F1. It's like they've never watched an F1 race in their entire lives. Also, like, tires... Maybe maybe I maybe NASCAR is different, but I know that at least in F one, the tires are not designed to be good. They're yeah. designed to be like <laughs> entertaining. Like tire manufacturers, I don't know if these commentators have never driven in a car before, but you can drive on wet surfaces. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess like you can't drive at 150 miles an hour on an oval in rain tires in the full rain i've not tried but i assume but yeah like tires tire manufacturers are good at what they do yeah exactly right yeah wow it's a big surprise yeah um i did like how much they wore though did you like baby g did you see how much those tires wore and like christopher bell's tire when he took it off at the halfway through that first heat i did they were tearing the hell out of these tires i mean they were when they would cut to the pit road and you see the guys like looking and marking and making their measurements all the stuff that they do just to check how the tires are holding up you could kind of tell they're like what is going on like these should not be wearing this much and Mm -hmm. that was kind of a common theme throughout the rest of the weekend you you just had all the crew chiefs saying hey manage your tires you've got to roll it better through the corner like just coaching them up on tires 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 like it was I feel like we've said this for the last couple of weeks, but kind of turned into another tire weekend, which is probably a good thing for Goodyear. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, I think Denny said something on his podcast. And I don't remember which weekend it was about. 
and we've tweeted this from our podcast Twitter account. I remember I went and Google or not Googled it, I Twitter searched it and found that the first time that our Twitter account posted this was like when we first started this, uh, like four or five years ago, whatever it was. But basically, NASCAR's like number one thing that they need to do is have tires that wear. When you have tires that wear, you get people that conserve tires, you get different strategies, you get different pitch strategies. It's just, it's what you need to have a good race. And Denny said this a, a couple weeks ago, which really resonated with me. Goodyear did not want to be the cause of the next-gen car not going well. So they came with a hard compound that wasn't going to wear, but that was going to last long enough not below all of these things. Now, last year, I say that, and last year we had a ton of tire problems, but that was because the, the teams were running way too low of pressures to try and get the most out of the tire. But what Goodyear needs to do now is be a little less conservative, bring a little bit of a softer compound, something that's going to wear a little bit more, but also be a little bit faster, something a little bit more dynamic, and then obviously increase the horsepower of the cars. But, um, yeah, at least when the tires wear, you get a race like this, which maybe isn't everyone's favorite, um, just because, like, you know, sometimes you do get dominant cars, but at least you get a little bit of variance in guys that are trying to, like, control the throttle, roll through the corner, as you said, um, doing things to try and keep the tires underneath the car. So I don't know if they need to change things too much. Like this race, the racing I don't think was like as good as what we see at a lot of mile and a half tracks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't know if the maybe it just I don't know. I don't know what they need to change at short tracks, but I feel like at least in mile and a half, things are dialed in right now. Do we know if they were on the short track package? I know they've got the different they downforce and, and spoiler. Were they on that this weekend? It's the short track package is the only time that they would run the wet weather tires. So that's how you can okay. always tell. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, so I, I mean, I'm with you, new guy, that like I think it is really working for the mile and a half. But you don't have to bring the same tire compound every weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Mix cool. it up with the short tracks. Bring tires with spikes in them. That's what I want to see. And put <laughs> snow on the tracks. This is a future of NASCAR. Anyway, get us into get us get us out of my dumb tangents. And all, all right, can do. Let's, Let's go into the Cup Open 100. The Open for those that don't know, in the All Star Weekend is for the non All Star competitors. Um, there were 21 competitors in the already locked into the All Star race, um, and there were 16. There were 16 drivers that were competing for three slots that were remaining from the Open. The top two from the Open after 100 laps would automatically advance, and then one fan vote driver would transfer. The fan vote driver had no clue that they were going to transfer when they started the event, but they did announce who the top five were, so one of the five drivers was going to make it. Yeah, so let's just cut right to the chase Noah Gregson wins the fan vote for the transfer which was absolutely hilarious because his car was completely tore up so for him to win the fan vote was like fantastic he's got a car that's going to do absolutely nothing and then your top two that qualified were Barry and Gibbs uh for making that transfer yeah and it was it was Gibbs's to lose basically after they they came in at lap 40 and did their pit stop Gibbs was out out in front or got out in front and was running away with it. But the one thing that had happened was earlier in the race, he ran really deep into a corner, ran McDowell up and into the wall. Um, McDowell wasn't super happy about it. Gibbs is leading, and McDowell is about to get lapped. McDowell 
got up to his outside and then turned down into him in the corner and actually kind of pinched him into the inside wall, which is really interesting. And uh, Barry went right by him. Gibbs tried to put it back to Barry and see if he could get back by him and then realized, oh, maybe if I don't race with this guy, we can both get away and both advance. And that's sure enough what happened. Uh, McDowell spoke after the race and just basically said, no, I I just tried to give it back the way that it was given to me. He advanced, so, you know, who cares? Yeah. You know, unfortunately, like, uh, the weather's been pretty nice in Chicago, so I stayed decently active this whole weekend, but I did get back in time to watch the uh, All-Star 200, (laughs) and I'm afraid to say that that seems like it was the most boring part of the weekend. Yes, sir. Uh, Yeah. Larson absolutely dominated. Uh, I mean, he just straight up ran away with it. Uh, but it was nice to see twenty three eleven uh pretty far up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh both of them both of them were part of what was it, lap like fifteen or twenty or something like that. There was a caution and yeah. Larson and Bubba and, and um uh, Tyler Reddick all pit and got new tires and then on the long run to lap one hundred where they were gonna have the, the kind of like stage break type of thing. Um they ran up to like one, two and three essentially, and that's where they stayed for the rest of the race. So Good weekend for twenty three eleven, but uh, only only one driver gets to walk away with a million dollars, and that was Larson. So, yeah, Kyle Larson's third time too, right? Third time, yep. Every uh, basically since uh, five years ago, he's won every odd year. So, dang, um, he won't win next year, but he'll win the year after. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> I think it's Reddick next year, and then Larson. I've read the script. Right. Nice. Yeah. 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 But, um, Glad they're leaking it to you again. That's good. Yeah, I know. They're just very nice. They they know about our podcast. They know about yeah, our ice yeah. cream sponsorships. <laughs> um, yeah. I all in all, like I thought the race was fine, but it was just like a '90s race, and so I feel like it's funny because I saw like a mixture of emotions online. I saw people wanting to be like it was boring, but then they were like, "This is what I asked for. I can't say that," and trying yeah. to say something nice about it. And I was like, mm, "All right." Yeah, I'm not, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not upset about it because I don't feel like there were any misconceptions about what we would see. Like, I wasn't led on to believe that this would be the most exciting race of my life. Yeah. All of the media that I saw leading up to this was people complaining about, or like just talking about how this would not be that exciting of a race, or just that like, you know, there were concerns around the track surface, Mm -hmm. like there wasn't. Uh, at least I wasn't exposed to too much hype around this, so for yeah. sure it was a uh, yeah, it was an all star race. Yeah, we've seen boring Charlotte all star races. I was gonna say Texas last year was not any good at all, right? But what? the finish was good because Blaney. Won, you gotta be right? kidding. Texas not good. Hold on. The only thing that was good about that Texas race was Blaney couldn't get his window net back up when he thought he won the race, and that was the whole thing. Just like whatever, he's he's <laughs> fine. It's like half crooked. He, yeah, just start just, just start go. going. <laughs> I think they ran a couple of laps or whatever, if I'm remembering correctly. White checkers. He was just fiddling with it the whole time, trying to get that thing up there, and it's like it was like smacking like, him in the head, go, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that that was comical. This is how this All Star race went. Is that we're talking about last year's All Star race? Um, <laughs> I my my comments, and this is where like I had envisioned us doing this together, and I thought it'd be really nice to to give NASCAR a, a good round of applause. Not necessarily for this individual event, but for the whole weekend. (laughs) 
but yeah, it was it was nice. It was a cool weekend. I liked all the people that they brought back. I liked, you know, that they restored this really cool track. They kept showing these shots of just how decrepit it was and all those fans that were in the area that are from the area that supported everything. I thought maybe they gave them a little bit too much attention, but that's okay. Um, you know, 35,000 fans packed that track and and yeah. uh they brought proud. some tears to my eyes, not going to lie. So It was probably more people than were at the Chicago Fire match that I went to on Saturday. That's undoubtedly true because yeah, like Atlanta yeah. United gets 35,000 at home like yeah. sold out, you know. We were sat next to uh Atlanta United fans who were complaining to us about how empty the stadium was <laughs> and then we tied it up at the 89th minute and they left before uh, you got to shit on them anyway it was good times yeah 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 that's good a tie for the fire is a win <laughs> tie for the fire is the win um you hear that nascar good job on the weekend but a tie for the fire is a win um great uh any last comments on the all-star race north wilkesboro what do, what in general? Do we what do we think about north wilkesboro do we think this is going to be on the schedule as a points race in the future I've got I've got my own thoughts, but what do you guys think? I think it's okay as an exhibition race, but I don't think it's like proven itself. I think I think exhibition race or come here with trucks and Xfinity. Yeah, but I don't think you come here with cup unless yeah. they repave it, and an exhibition exhibition race goes really well. I don't think it's good cups points race. I'm cool with repave it and go for it. It's the same way I feel about the the LA Coliseum. Yeah. Would love to see Xfinity and truck, but we don't need to bring the cup cars here again unless it's for an ex- exhibition or an all-star. You heard it here first. Well said. Yeah. Thank you, I say repave it, do an all-star, see how it goes. Yeah. Who's with me? I'm in. Thanks. Count me in. Count the cockroach in. All right. <laughs> Let's move right along to some storylines. Uh, first and foremost, Denny hates the all-star weekend. I, I didn't hear these comments, so someone's got to explain it. Yeah, he was doing an interview about All-Star Weekend. I, I was listening to the um, radio, NASCAR radio, and he was like, yeah, All-Star Weekend, whatever. I don't even know why we're doing this. It was like he was very candid that he was not a fan of the All-Star Weekend. I don't know why. I guess he doesn't need the million dollars. But Danny Hamlin, not a fan of All-Star Weekend. He just wants to keep this cup season rolling right along. I think Denny Hamlin uses the excuse of being a NASCAR owner and someone that's investing in the sport to act more grounded than he is i honestly don't think he likes the sport i don't think he likes anything that we do week in week out i think the only time he enjoys himself is if he wins and that's it uh he's he he is the wet blanket of the sport uh for sure like he just hates everything yeah i would agree with that at least him being the wet blanket and hating everything (laughs) <laughs> speaking of hating everything i was at a little bit of short track racing teaser for later in the podcast episode here Ooh. apparently racing fans hate ear protection and sunscreen because i was out on a sunday afternoon it was about 75 degrees not a cloud in the sky we're at a racetrack and i saw like five percent of people with earplugs in and like zero percent of people applying sunscreen so i don't know what's going on with these racing fans but y'all need to get it together or you're not going to be watching much more racing in your future well b-boy can at least attest b-boy can at least attest that there's at least one racing fan that does love his sunscreen i was gonna say yeah (laughs) i bought a whole extra tube 
before I left because I was and I have not used it. And I was like, new guy will go through <laughs> for sure. For sure. Guaranteed. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, We're smart but, here on the big. Uh, one this podcast. is good advice. Look after I, your yeah. health. I also like that you dropped a y'all in there just to, you know, to, to try and try and act a little bit most, more southern. But let me drop some southern knowledge to you. We don't give a shit about earplugs. We don't give a shit about sunscreen. We just go out there. We enjoy our fast cars. If we walk away with like some hearing damage, some ringing ears, it's a good thing. It reminds us of how much fun we had. Tinnitus was is it. masculine. Yeah, it is. Really bad crash at Indy 500 practice. Uh, I don't know how to say that person's last name if someone wants to drop it in there. I believe it's Catherine, Catherine Leggy. Leggy? Okay. I would assume oh. leg, but I might be wrong. But it is I was going to say ledge, uh, which oh. is probably not correct. Um, but uh, that person doesn't see the accordion effect and causes a big crash. Uh, Stefan, Stefan, could be either way. Wilson suffered a fracture of the 12th thoracic vertebrae and will not be able to drive in Sunday's Indy 500. Notice how I can't say people's names, but I know the word thoracic. Uh, which is great. Yeah, very well done. Nerd. I did look up her uh, Wikipedia, <laughs> and it says leg. Uh, yeah, Catherine Leg. It's a damn shame. That sucks to get through qualifying, see teammates be disqualified, oh and then have someone hit you from behind with an hour to go in practice. Whoa, I j- yeah, I just watched this. Wow. It was yeah. really nasty. It's a damn, damn, damn shame. Wait, isn't Wilson's the one... He's now out, right? He's not racing now, right? Yeah, right. Wilson's out. Yeah. <gasps> wow, that's so fucked up. Yeah. Damn. It's unfortunate. It's brutal. Very unfortunate. Can I uh, go speak on IndyCar for a second? We had Indy 500 this weekend, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about it in a second. But how cool is their qualifying for this? Like, I like the Daytona 500s qualifying and the way that we do it with the races and the Sunday before being cool. But like. The four-lap qualifying effort and watching yeah. someone like need to pick up more speed in their third and fourth lap and watching them yeah. do it is the fucking yeah. coolest thing on the planet. It's so dope. I think um, Indy 500 has the man. best qualifying of any race I've it, seen. It is. It is. It's su- it's super good. And and they don't need to have a race to set the qualifying lineup when it's that good. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, last storyline here. David Gillen will drive the number one truck for Tricon Garage at the Charlotte Truck Race. Um, this weekend, that was driven by Bubba, right? Um, he finished fifth, I think, in that truck race with that. So, um, has a lot of power, does really well. Um, we didn't get to talk on Bubba's efforts in that truck race, but he held off Larson for way longer than he deserved to with like 40 laps older tires, which was really fucking impressive at the end of that race. Um, and. You know, we've talked a lot about like Bubba's future for Cup. If he doesn't survive in Cup, he should drive trucks. He's got a natural ability to drive those trucks really well. So, cool. Yeah, I suspect we'll see him around NASCAR one way or another. For sure, for sure, I think so too. Uh, some other series, F one going to Monaco. Apparently, the weather is going to be chaotic. That's the only thing that could possibly bring uh, something interesting to this race. I mean, this race has been boring for so long. That's the only thing to know. You know, it's a common theme we've been saying about F1 this season. It's The racing is boring. It's not a great season. And Monaco is even worse. Yeah, when you say weather might bring something interesting, we've had the last two times I remember raining here was like a bunch of years ago there was a rain race. 
that had a bunch of wrecks in it, and that one was interesting because at least you know the top guys weren't the top guys for once. Yeah. But then last year we had a bunch of rain, and they had to delay the start, and then they ended up having to time finish it and didn't even go through the whole race, and it sucked ass. Yeah. So, so it might be your standard Monaco where it just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a chance that it might have a little bit of chaos fun in there, but will still be disappointing. Oh, man. I'm so worried that this is what Chicago race is going to be like for NASCAR. I'm just I, so worried about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I'll be, you know, in some ways I'm sad that I'll miss it, but I'm mostly not that sad. Yeah, yeah. I would just, I would just want to be nearby. I don't want, I wouldn't want to go to it because I think it's too expensive. Um, but I would want to be nearby and hear it reverberating off the like walls of the Chicago's like yeah, cityscape. You know, cool. I think that'd be cool for sure. Um, you'll have to send me some video or we'll FaceTime or something. Well, I mean, I'll be in England. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll call one of my better Chicago friends. Sorry. <laughs> Tell us about Slinger. Yeah, what happened to Slinger? Slinger Super Speedway. Well, I'm breaking this down. You guys should check that link there. It's It's got about a minute and 10 seconds of the last 10 laps of the race. Uh, so pretty fantastic stuff. So made my annual weekend before Memorial Day pilgrimage out to Slinger Speedway for their last Sunday afternoon racing of the season. So Memorial Day is always the first night race of the season. They got fireworks. It's kind of the big kickoff to the uh, summer night schedule out there at uh, Slinger Super Speedway. So little... Uh, Pre-gaming action, happening, priming the engines at this brewery called Old Germantown. Had some fantastic farmhouse ales and uh, Mexican street corn pizza. So you got to eat that uh, food. Uh, I'm sorry, Slinger, but your food's not the greatest, so I'm pre-gaming elsewhere. Um, Most of the early racing was okay, but then the 75-lap super late model feature was just a super awesome race. So tons of passing all up and down the field. One of the things that was kind of frustrating was this 24 car. I don't know the guy's name, but he spun out on his own like three different times causing yellows, but it is what it is. It happens. Um, At the end, the 51, Steve Apel, uh, he takes it, holding off Jacob Nottestad in just an absolutely crazy 10-lap battle. So they were kind of passing on the inside, passing on the outside. All pretty clean racing, too. Not a lot of bump and run type stuff, so... Overall, first time out at Slinger for the season, and I had a blast. I will definitely be coming back. Dang. It, it, I mean, there was some bump in there going into three and four for the final corner. At the end of the race, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he really he really sent it in there. I mean, you do what you got to do, and he didn't wreck him, so that's pretty good. And I'm glad he didn't get rewarded for it either. So Agree. But, yeah, uh, the guy that, that was, in, was in the lead took it. Yeah, that was that was, that was was a really good finish. I'm glad, I'm glad you shared that. I wasn't sure, actually, what I was looking at until – until you said something so yeah pretty cool. packed crowd at the track too which was good to see it's always always fun to be there a lot of people really into the races um got some free food up in the vip suite which is a blast mm, uh amazing one of those things you got to do lighting. in life is just act like you belong and got a brat burger <laughs> oh, hell yeah some taco dip and uh an ice cold Coors light wonderful that does sound nice representing the podcast well my friend i love to hear it so we've got a very big race this weekend, the Coca-Cola 600. But we've got another big race this weekend, the Indy Frickin' 500. So I, I, I need to ask something, and mostly because I just need to prove my dad wrong on this podcast again. Um, my dad was telling me that did Monaco occur on a day other than Memorial Day Sunday in the past like three or so years? I thought they always occurred on the same Probably. day. Probably. Really? 
I wouldn't be surprised. The same day. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I'm used to having Monaco in the morning, Indy 500 for lunch, and a great Coke 600 for dinner with some Bojangles <laughs> to wash it down. Well, I was going to say, are you going to wash that down with a Coke, or are you washing that down with some chicken wings? I'm chicken. Bo- we, we, that's a tradition. we got to go to the Boge and get us some Jangles. Um, it's just a good time. It's good stuff. Uh, we're, I saw in the stores, this, is, this could have been our sponsor, um, and I thought about it for a second, uh, but Bojangles has their hard sweet tea now in stores. Uh, so I don't like sweet tea, so it's just not for me. But if you all want to bring in some Boge hard sweet tea into the race that that would make sense to me you know i don't like sweet tea either which uh makes both of us bad southerners but i feel like (laughs) we got to try it out i love my boge i know if they sell it at the track or at the boge i will buy oh yeah yeah i'll try one Um, but i did get us some monster beast uh that's and some cheer wine ales so okay i fuck with that i fuck with that we'll get our carolina on anyway so um let's break it down uh baby g what what is our schedule looking like the schedule is looking like a hell of a lot of racing at charlotte motor speedway for the big one crew and it's not just the big one crew we got we got some friends and family coming with us as well so if you're if you're at the track hit us up on twitter we'll we'll do a little tweet up or something but tweet up Friday night we got a double header we got arca at six o'clock for the general tire 150 and we've also got truck at 8.30, North Carolina Education Lottery 200. And it looks like I spelled Carolina wrong, so I'm going to need some of that education. Car- I like Carlona. Carlona, North yeah. Carolina. Uh, the truck race, 30 stage 1, 30 stage 2, 74 stage 3. Then Xfinity on Saturday afternoon, we've got 1 o'clock Eastern, the Allsco Uniforms 300, 45, 45, 100. Sunday night, Coca-Cola 600, four stages at 100 apiece. And we've got an official sellout, camping and the grandstands. And before we move on, we've also got the main event of the weekend, Trackhouse Motorplex on Mm. Friday afternoon. I believe it's Mm -hmm. about 2.20 p.m. We've got three members of the podcast. We're going go-karting, boys. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty psyched. It's going to be fun. I assume these are gas go-karts? Yes, they are. It's a huge outdoor track. This is what um, Suarez had on his car this week, which was a really cool paint scheme anyway. Uh, That's what he had on his car this week. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to uh, to throw it down. I'm ready to party. I'm ready to drive cars fast. Well, uh, I look forward to both of you officially going down. Tell us about the previous winners, unless you already have, and I'm doing what I've done pre- past episodes. Previous winners for the Coke 600, 2022, Denny Hamlin, 2021, Kyle Larson, and 2020, Brad Keselowski. Nice. All right, mm. well, that brings us right into our Smart and Heart picks. Um, we can't pick Frankie Muniz, but we're going to be on Muniz watch this week, so... No, Frankie Muniz oh, picks. No, I Martin completely picks. forgot Muniz watch. Muniz watch. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I was think I was thinking about it when he brought up the Arca thing. I thought he was going to drop it in, but Ugh, what a curse! Okay. That's okay. Um, well, smart and hard picks. Sorry, uh, we don't need to go through anything because we went through it last week and we didn't make any picks for the the last race. 
Um, but the standings are as follows. B-Boy in first, Baby G in second, New Guy in third. That means New Guy, you get to pick first. Who's your driver? Mm-mm. Oh boy, you know what? I feel like I got to do it because I'm going to be there in person. Ryan, the handsome guy, Blaney. Mm, makes sense. I'm going back to back, Denny Hamlin. Right back to the ham bone. All right. Well, y'all are dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's Kyle Larson. <laughs> it's not even. I don't even have to think about it. Yeah, that's I a think really that's a choice. really good choice. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, going with our sm- our heart pick, which is anyone outside the top ten in points. Who we got? New guy. Bubba, the handsome guy, Wallace. I like that one. I'm going to take Kyle Busch as my heart pick. Yeah, that's a good one, too. I feel like he's due He's due for a good race here. Yeah, he was terrible. I know I, I alluded to it earlier, but he was awful all All-Star weekend. Just really bad. Um, seems like he got he got Reddick's cars, basically, from last year, because Reddick was really good at some tracks and so bad at others. Um, that's just what that, that RCR team gets him. All right. think I stalled enough time to make this pick and I hate myself for doing it, but I've got to pick Joey Logano for my I feel second pick. Sick. Yeah. Getting a little big G vibes on that one. I, you know, I'll tell you, so speaking of big G, I'll tell you who I consider real hard. Ty Gibbs. I don't know why. Yeah. It feels I I'm feeling it. If Ty Gibbs wins this weekend, I have to go to a casino or something. Um, yeah, but I'm feeling I'm feeling it. There's some kind of a pull there. But all right, that brings us to the end of our smart and hard picks, which brings us right into the end of the NASCAR uh, Charlotte like predictions and 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 you know what's going on this weekend. Do y'all have any last comments on the track and what we're gonna see? We're just gonna be really drunk and high. Yeah, and it's God gonna be knows great. What, what. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> gonna be fun, right. man. I'm just super glad our seats are super high. We got a whole crew going. It's gonna be a gonna be a blast of a weekend. Be a good time. All right, dope. All right, well that brings us right into rapid fire. Speaking of getting drunk and high, what is the ideal number of beers to drink at a NASCAR race? Mm. Oh boy, six hundred miles. Hell yeah. Let's let's. Tighten that up. Here. What is the ideal number of beers to drink at the Coca-Cola 600? Um, For me, it will probably be 8 to 10. All right. I've got to gotta put some rules in place because this is the way my math works. I think there needs to be at least 2 to 3 before the race starts and then stay at a steady pace of 2 per, uh, two per stage. So that's going to bring you to a total of 10 to 11. Now, mm. you got to have some mixed drinks. You got to have your beers for sure, or seltzers or whatever, but you got to have a couple mixed drinks. So if the buzz starts dipping a little, you can crank it back up to 100. Yeah. You know? I'm talking, and my, my number is just during the race. Before the race, okay. you're going to be having yeah, yeah. a few. And, you know, we're going to have some the day before as well. So, you yeah. know, I'm sure that I'll take it a little bit easy. Uh, but I mean, at least a couple before the race and then, yeah, yeah, 
Let me throw a a prediction new guy's way because this is how I know it's going to happen. Thursday night, he's going to get in a little late. He's going to take it easy. He's going to take it pretty easy. Friday, we're going to be driving some carts in the morning. By the time we're done with carts and we're out in the sun and he's using his his sunscreen pretty hard, he's going to hit that booze, man. He's going to hit it. He's going to hit it hard. He's going to hit some other things real hard. He's going to be (laughs) crossfading pretty good. Enjoy a good truck race. We're going to go home. He's going to be hungover in the morning. We're going to get him some McDonald's. Mm-hmm. He's going to enjoy it, but he's going to take it real easy on Saturday. It's a day race in the sun. He's going to take it pretty easy. But then Sunday, the boy's going to rally. He's going to rally. Yeah. He's going to hit it hard yeah. again. Sunday, we're going to go hard. We <laughs> might not remember the race that in much detail, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a yeah. good weekend. You know me. Yeah, I love the sun. I love having yeah, yeah. a good time in the sun with the boys. There's a reason they do race recaps on YouTube, and then later in the week they do full race yeah. <laughs> as well. So you can relive that race, and it'll come back to you, baby. It's true. It's true. Ba- baby G, are you asking this question because you don't have an answer for yourself, or do you have an answer you want to give to? No, I mean, I think the have a couple good ones before you get in there, a couple light beers to kind of – level out a little bit and then like you say man you start dipping you gotta hit that liquor you gotta hit that liquor Mm -hmm. i think the i think the key though the key is the snacks Mm. you can't skimp on the snacks because you gotta get those salty snacks to make sure you're still thirsty all right well i i spoiled what are some of my drink uh surprises are i haven't spoiled all of them but i've spoiled some of them but i'm not gonna spoil the snacks but just know the snack game is 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 on point and it's coming hard. Love it. Yep. I love to hear it. Um, B-Boy, would you like to give us a rapid fire, or should I go into one? Yep, I got it. All right. How would you repave Wilkesboro? Fluffer nutter. Um, I don't know, with, like, asphalt or concrete? <laughs> I I would yeah, love to that's part have of it. it be steeper. Steeper? Uh, you okay. know, I... Any, I think just in general, making a track steeper is fun. Okay. That's that's mine. I mean, I just got off a short track, you know, quarter mile, not anything like a rook in here at, at North Wilkesboro, but I like the high banks. Um, you get a little bit of momentum. Can make things maybe a little bit more interesting than the than the little bit of flatness we had at uh, the All-Star Weekend. Um I just think you got to do something if you're going to continue to come to this track. I'm I'm no expert on paving, and I'm sure you know SMI can figure that out. But I think you got to do something if you're going to continue to bring cars here. Check yeah, out I, this I idea: big speed bump on the front stretch. <laughs> I'm talking big, That's aggressive speed bump. They got to slow down to like five miles an hour <laughs> on the start finish line. That's what I would do, and this is All why right. I'm not in charge. Here's so the my, track's going to be dead in two years. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my pitch. We've got concrete on the bottom, very similar to a bottom groove that you get at Martinsville, but that extends up basically a groove and a half, and then uh, uh, progressive banking into asphalt. So uh, progressive banking that's slightly maybe two or three degrees more, and then even more progressive banking, maybe two degrees, a little bit less progressive than the first one even higher next to the wall um asphalt's fast but it's a longer way around but you have a little bit more banking i think they're going to have guys that are trying to stay as low as they possibly can and guys that are trying to do that middle groove and guys that are trying to rip the wall you get a little bit of everything 
I would prefer that I be in charge rather than you, but I think <laughs> you do a great job, Brian. Thank you. This is this is how this is the contract that we had when we started the podcast. You said the same thing. <laughs> All right. Um so I think the main thing that I took away from the broadcast this weekend you know, I hate to say it, but I was like, dang, DW, I kind of am glad to have you back in the booth. And I think that I realized that it's because he was juxtaposed with Clint. Mm-hmm. So I posed to you the question that I posed to myself. Would you take DW back if it meant getting rid of Clint? So... I was excited to have DW pack for all, all of like five seconds. And then he like <laughs> said the wrong name for a driver. And then yeah. he said something about like driving the cars and going flat out into turns three and four because you're going uphill. And so therefore you can go flat out into the corner. And I was like, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. <laughs> and I was already done with DW and it was like uh, two laps in or something. Um, mm-hmm. But it, yeah, I take. I think I'll give the nod to Clint over DW because at least okay. he knows somewhat about driving these yeah. cars. But I can't wait for Kevin That's to get fair, in. Honestly, Kevin's gonna be better than Clint. Yeah, for sure. Baby G, I don't know enough about Daryl Waltrip to even comment on that one. That's so. fair. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I think the part that uh, really endeared him to me was when he was talking about, he was like, yeah, man, I won here like a dozen times. And yeah. then Clint was like, wait, really? And he's <laughs> like, no, dude, I'm fucking with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was that was top tier old man fucking with the uh, younger guy. And him getting Clint, he got Clint a few times, and it was, uh, it was pretty good. I yeah. like that at least. Yeah. All right, hit us, baby G. Yeah, we've been dropping a little bit of terminology throughout this podcast and throughout this season what is your favorite racing terminology Mm. hmm that's a tough one oh man i like put them in the wall i've been thinking about that sort of lately that the the phrase itself put them in the wall outside of nascar doesn't make too much sense like if you just think about it it doesn't make too much sense i guess hockey as well but uh there's something about it that it carries a lot of meaning in nascar and i like it a whole lot yeah i can't really think of any good terminology and and i'll say in motorsports not just nascar um i can't think of any good terminology i mean like I like explaining the draft to someone just so they understand some of the, like, that it's like an aerodynamics thing, right? It's not just going out there and, and driving your car like you drive your car on the interstate, right? Like, there's something, there's some nuance to it that's way different when you're driving at speeds like that. But, like, the, I'd say the term that I like the most actually comes from F1, and it's just because it's so different from NASCAR, and it's that they use the word box instead of pit. Yeah. And so they're like, box, 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 box. And I'm just, I always laugh. It always makes, yeah. makes me smile. <laughs> it's like adorable, it's honestly. Yeah. Just get, get in your little box. Max, Max, come get in your little box, please. Come on, Max. Baby G, do you have a favorite term? 
I don't know for whatever reason. I just love it when they say like rolling the center or I don't even mm. know what it means, but it just sounds cool as hell. And you know that when they're doing that, mm. they're driving and kicking ass. So I just love when they bust that term out because, you know, a guy's just opening up a can of whoop ass out there on the track. Yeah. But baby G, here's here's rolling in the center for you. I want you to do this next time you're you're in your car and you're taking a good corner. I want you to go into the corner and try and go in with a good amount of speed. Don't don't kill yourself here, but go in with a good amount of speed. You know, maybe you got to brake a little bit because it's a sharper corner than you're expecting. But then let off. Don't hit the gas. Don't hit the brakes. Let it roll through the corner. Does it continue to turn? Is the wheel fighting you? Is it are you squealing the wheels or is it just going through nice and smooth? That's rolling, rolling the center, and being able to pick up the gas without already squealing your wheels. Because if if your back tires are already squealing, they're already out of control, and you try and hit the gas, you're not getting any power down. You're just ripping rubber off your tires. Rolling the center is there's no squealing. You're able to get through the corner at a faster speed than everyone else, and you can pick up the gas coming out of it. That's what it is. Yeah, I think I'm picking up what you're stepping, and so kind of just rolling it through. You get on the gas, ease into the accelerator. You're not you're, you're not making out. a whole lot of noise like the prick with a Dodge Charger going like 10 miles an hour or whatever. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Baby G, what I would recommend to you is uh, <laughs> head into a corner, good amount of speed. Pop that emergency brake real quick. Lock up your tires. Pedal to the metal, my friend, mm-hmm. and just fucking drift through that corner, bad boy. All right, Ken Block. I got a sweet <laughs> highway entrance like two blocks from where I'm at right now. I'm going to let it rip after this and I'll report back. I, go, I may not dude. be coming to. Yeah, do a couple <laughs> shots, let it rip, let us know how it goes. Yeah. I, I'm going to go out with a blaze of glory and someone yeah. else can use those tickets. The Big One Podcast does not endorse drinking and driving. But Baby G, pop a couple, do a couple shots, and go drifting. (laughs) All right, uh, I'll move on to my rapid-fire question. So we had uh, All-Star and Pit Crew contest this weekend, both of which, if I understand correctly, only reward the person or team that gets first place. Would it be anti-NASCAR for them to reward more than just first place. I mean, it's not like there's not payouts for anyone else that shows up this weekend. Right, but I'm talking about the official reward that is given much like the million dollars and $100,000. Like a second place trophy? I think like anyone that receives a participation trophy or money or anything is throwing that shit in the trash. Whoa. That's just a competitor. They're throwing the money in the trash, you think? Uh, they're going to Bojangles and spending it all there. I don't know. Well, so, that's not throwing it in the trash. Yeah. This <laughs> podcast is sponsored by Bojangles, and you better Bojangles watch Bojangles flavored ice cream. Um, <laughs> Love that chicken fried ice cream. <laughs> um, I you have to explain more. I just don't understand the root of the question. Like, I don't understand what you're giving out. Well, I mean, I think that your answer is maybe even revealed it that the idea of second place is participation trophy. You know, we pay a million dollars to the person that gets first place. We pay a hundred thousand mm-hmm. to the crew. You were even the thing that uh, honestly spawned this question is when you said earlier that this is the only thing that the crew, that the pit crew competes on. Mm-hmm. They don't get to compete week after week, and also there's only top prize for it. So since this is the only thing that they compete on, to me, uh, it would make sense to say maybe do like hundred thousand for winners, forty thousand for second. 20,000 for third something like that you know that, that, that to me in my mind yeah. would be a pay structure that would make sense but do y'all think that that is against the 
feel of NASCAR? Is that against the mythology of NASCAR? Ah. Uh. I don't think so. I mean, you should have a significant higher payout for first place over second place, but payouts in general for lower places has always been fine. I think I took the root of your question to mean like, should second place get a trophy too kind of thing, which I just don't agree with at all. Oh, a trophy on its own. No, give them money. I got you. Yeah. Money. I, yeah, absolutely. I think the pit crews, they should be rewarding. Even, even I mentioned it specifically, Chris Busher's crew, was the fastest of the all-star pit crews, the ones that were already in the all-star race. Maybe they should have gotten some money too, you know? Yeah. Maybe I you- think uh, that no one should get any money from TV detail- deals except the championship team. <laughs> okay, sorry, Baby G, go ahead. Big incentive there for the championship teams, but I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it's it's fair that... For this all-star race, you know, the winning team gets a million dollars, but then there's still a purse out there for everybody else as well. So it's not like a million or nothing. Um, it's unfortunate that the pit crew challenge is 100000 or nothing because this event for me was really cool. They they were calling out who these guys are, giving them the, the respect that they deserve. Mm-hmm. A lot of focus on these are professional athletes or people who played professional football, college football, other sports, wrestling. Like, these guys are in top tier shape and i think it would be wise to bring that price pool up quite a bit from the hundred thousand and give it to more than one team as well yeah i agree yeah specifically on that one yeah for sure cool um all right i've got two more so i'm gonna bring us home first off uh just because this kind of spawned this what should be the criteria of being an all-star um, the reason I really want to ask this and I want you all to think hard about it is because there were 24 all-stars in a field of 36 week-to-week drivers. Technically 37 competed this week, but 36 week-to-week drivers. That feels like way too many. Wow. At an absolute minimum, I think you should have a cup win. All right. Well, we had what? 19 20 different winners last year so maybe this year it made sense to have this many from that perspective i think this year i think like if you have a win in the current year or if you have won a championship in previous years so just championship winners kind of thing okay i don't have a good answer here by the way restrict it more make the open race wider what what is the what is the current criteria because i don't even know I actually, I'm not sure. I, I tweeted this out from our account, but, like, I'm not sure what the criteria was this year because the my my big call-out and why I said this was when Chris Buescher won his heat. It's not that I don't like RFK. I've spoken well on RFK and their rebound this year and how well they're doing. But there's nothing that was an indicator to me that they should be all-star drivers this year. Brad Keselowski has I maybe won an all-star race before, and so maybe he gets in automatically because of that. I don't like that as a qualifier, but maybe that's why. Maybe it's because he's a past cup champion, but that was almost a decade ago. So, And he's with a totally different team now. So I don't know that that's deserved. And both him and Chris Buescher haven't won a race in the past year, not last season or this season, and didn't make the playoffs last year. I don't understand why either of them were considered all-stars. Just because Dame, you know, Dame Lillard was an all-star this year, doesn't mean that he has a shitty season next year and just gets to be one next year because he's made the all-star game before and been an all-star MVP. That doesn't make sense. That's where I was going to go next. It's all of a sudden I was thinking in my head, I'm like, just because 
they've been good in the past doesn't mean they're an all-star this year, right? You could be having an absolutely terrible season. But in NASCAR, it seems like you just get in because you've got the name and you've been around long enough. Like other sports, it's what is your performance in the current year? A lot of times guys do get that. If it's between one, two, or three guys, the guy who's a 10-time all-star is probably going to get it over the guy who hasn't been an all-star before. Mm-hmm. But it, it just seems odd. Like NASCAR is just kind of like, I don't know, these guys have been in the sport for 10 years. They're an all-star, even if you know they're a backmarker this year. Yeah. I'll give an, I'll give NASCAR the nod here because like it is tough when every week is an all-star race for them. It they are considered to be the best at their individual positions and in their individual sport and you only have 36 of them and we talked a lot about, you know, viewership and and ratings with Chase Elliott out, just one driver out, granted the most popular one and how badly that can affect ratings. You exclude one guy that, you know, is is a big part of the fan base. If Kyle Busch had a really bad start to the year, for instance, and is out, all of his fans don't tune in, that's a big deal, and that's a big drop to your all-star ratings. But, you know, uh, a lot of people don't watch the all-star games or events for the other sports. I feel like the all-star race in NASCAR gets about as much viewership as any other week-to-week race. So maybe it doesn't need to, I guess is what I'm trying to say. All right, um, final question. Bring us home. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh. Um, you know, I like a nice sherbet if I really want to mm. friggin' chillax or whatever. But maybe this is boring. I love a good, top-quality vanilla. Yeah. There's yeah, a deep, complex flavor in there. If I can't get the top quality vanilla, we're going salted caramel. Mm. I've got a soft spot for root beer floats, so I think I'm on board with the vanilla as well. Oh, I don't. Man. If it's a real good plain vanilla cone, give me that all day long. I don't need chocolate bars in there. I don't need candy in my ice cream. I'm not a complex guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm with you. I. Vanilla, maybe a little bit of caramel if I'm getting crazy or something like that. But, oh, uh, bad keep boy! It pretty simple. Yeah, he's getting crazy this weekend. Don't 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 you worry. He'll get some. Uh, I, I'm thinking the same. Like I really do like a nice vanilla bean like like or uh, type of ice cream. But I do really like butter pecan. Like if you add some butter pecan to some of that fine vanilla ice cream, mm, that's really damn good. Okay. Okay. Cool. Oh, I'm getting I hungry. I don't think there's any ice cream spots open right now i will say here's here's another plug to something else that an option yeah here's here's a here's a plug to something else that y'all should try um if you haven't is wendy's brought back that strawberry frosty that shit's good that shit's real good give it a shot um all right well that brings us to the end of rapid fire (laughs) no new guy reads the standings this week uh there were no Mm. updates to our standings Uh, ross chastain continues to lead for those not in the know um, and I think that brings us to the end of our podcast. Baby G, you want to take us take us out? It's I don't know if you consider the All Star race halfway. I don't, I don't think we're quite there yet, but we haven't missed an episode yet. So this is this has been a fantastic right season. We got a hell of a lot of racing coming up in Charlotte, North Carolina. If I'm doing my math right, twelve hundred fifty laps coming up between Arca, Truck, Xfinity, and Cup. And I can almost guarantee you it's going to be more than 1,250 because one of those four races is probably going to overtime. So, heck of a season so far. We're going to get to 
the band together in Charlotte. If anybody's out there in Charlotte with us, Twitter, Twitter podcast big one or emails podcast big one at gmail.com. It's been another episode of the Big One Podcast. It's been Baby G. I've been New Guy. That's been V Boy. Thanks for tuning in. Climbing into your uh, laptop. Eat it. Eat it. I'll be right back. Give me a sec. This is quality stuff right here. He's going to eat it. So so our Airbnb is going to be full of cockroaches is what I'm hearing. Perfect. And bed bugs. Hey, we'll fire them up, man. Throw throw them on the Barbie. Yeah, we got a lot to eat. Got a lot to eat. Good protein. We've got a new... uh, yard game that i've been playing that's real good and i would love to bring it but it's like takes up a lot of space and is heavy damn shame if i can fit it into the camera ah. i will <laughs> this microphone just hit the camera <laughs> wow b-boy you know it's either mic problems or cockroach problems it's always one of the two it's one thing that you can count on the main constant of the big one podcast It's like hiding under my tablet. That's so scary. How about well, it's well, got to well, hide in a nice warm spot, so that makes yeah. sense. Well, out of the out of the light, right? They're always in the dark. Yeah, that's what I kept, yeah. kept running to, like underneath the laptop or something. So that's what I do as well. Yeah, I know. All right, All right let's do this. <laughs> Don't thing. shine a light on me. <laughs> Don't shine a light on me. I'm gonna <laughs> let it shine.